Hello, I'm Carol Swan and this is Sound News broadcasting from the Old Man Studio in Church Street, Portadown. This production is for the week ending Saturday the 4th of September 2021. On behalf of everyone here on the Craig Avon Talking newspaper team, welcome to this week's programme. The stories making the headlines this week are, from the Portadown Times, I'm dying, stabbed man told girlfriend, and from the Lurgan Mail, Francie rocks around the loch. Now who brings you our first story? Portadown man accused of murder. A County Armagh man, stabbed in the neck and chest and left to bleed to death, called his girlfriend for help as he lay stricken, a jury heard on Wednesday. The Newry Crown Court jury of seven men and five women heard that when Brian Phelan first called his girlfriend just before 2pm on the 26th of July 2018, he seemed to be in good form. But an hour later, the 33-year-old called her again and kept saying, I'm dying, and asked her to come to him. He sounded as if he was choking, prosecuting QC Neil Connor told the jury, adding that CCTV footage taken from a nearby house showed an interaction between Mr Phelan and his alleged killer, Daniel Carroll, whom he had gone to meet. That footage, he told the jury, showed the victim holding his neck as he sat down in the garden of a property on the Caravkini Road, and then lying down, and it was there that a passerby found him and alerted the emergency services, including the air ambulance. Despite the best efforts of the civilians and emergency services, life was pronounced extinct at 3.56, said Mr Connor. A pathologist found that Mr Phelan had sustained five stab wounds, three to his neck and two to his chest, but it was two of the wounds to his neck that lacerated the cartoid and thyroid arteries, which were the most serious and significant injuries. Carol, 30, from Edward Street in Portadown, is on trial, facing a single charge of murder. He was arrested within two hours of the killing, but refused to answer police questions or offer any explanation until 15 months later, when his legal team lodged a defence statement claiming that three unidentified men had suddenly appeared and launched a murderous attack on Mr Feeling, warning Carol to stay out of it before they fled the scene. It is the prosecution case, perhaps unsurprisingly, that the existence and presence of these three men are an invention by the defendant, declared Mr Connor, dreamt up by him over a period of 15 months since his arrest to try and explain away the incontrovertible evidence that points fairly and squarely at him as the person who stabbed Mr Phelan. Turning to the police investigation and what evidence the jury will hear as the trial progresses over the next three weeks, Mr Connor outlined how the defendant and his alleged victim were acquaintances and had been texting and calling each other in the days leading up to the killing, mainly about Mr Phelan, looking for money owed to him by the defendant. The men had been set to meet up the day before but didn't, so arrangements were made for Mr Phelan to collect Carol from High Street in Bestbrook. The lawyer said Mr Phelan and two other friends had been working at a car when the victim left in a blue Peugeot 206 
mentioning something about buying quad bikes from the defendant, outlying how the Carrefkini Road is a narrow country road and a dead end leading up to Camlock Mountain, Mr Connor said a witness who would give evidence reported seeing two men at a blue Peugeot and carried on walking. But when he came back 10 to 15 minutes later, the car was gone, but had left skid marks. 25 metres behind those marks, he noticed a man lying on the ground. That was the stricken Mr Phelan, said the lawyer, adding that the man noted he was saturated in blood and he was in a bad way. The Peugeot car was found abandoned at Ardeen Drive and the jury heard that at 4.20pm, Carol phoned a friend to collect him at St Patrick's Avenue and take him to his uncle's house. With Carol appearing out of sorts and fidgeting with his hands, talking but not making much sense, his uncle asked him what was wrong and the defendant replied that he had been in an altercation with somebody and he heard rumours that the person might be dead. The trial, set to last up to three weeks, continues. Memory of Grandson Oren powers Francine's record. Francine McAlinden of Lurgan Masters and Open Water Swimming Club has become the first person to swim all the way around Loch Ney. Francine, 57, swam the 105 kilometer or 65 perimeter of miles perimeter of the loch in five days, raising money in memory of his grandson, Oren Creaney, who died aged six of a heart condition in 2014. The distance equates to 4,200 pull lengths and the swim documented by fellow swimmers at www.wildswim.ie is subject to Irish Long Distance Swimming Association ratification. On the first day of the marathon swim, last Monday, August the 23rd, Francine swam 27 kilometres. The next day he swam 23, then 18 kilometres on the Wednesday, 23 kilometres on the Thursday, and finally 14 kilometres on the Friday. It was a complete circumnavigation of the loch, although at some places he could not get to the edges because it was too shallow. Francine was raising money in aid of the Make-A-Wish Foundation, who made it possible for Oren to go to Disney World in Paris. Oren was born with a single ventricle heart, which meant he had very little energy, though it never got him down, and he was proud of his special heart. Three times he underwent open-heart surgery, and he was placed on the organ donation register, but unfortunately a donor was not found in time. He himself donated his organs. Now we have the rotochemist. During the week ahead, urgent prescriptions will be dispensed at the following addresses, starting with Portadown. On Sunday, the 5th of September, the chemist is Hamill's Pharmacy of 19 Thomas Street, open from 11am to 12 noon. Next week, from Monday the 6th of September, the chemist is Eden Pharmacy of 82 Bridge Street, open until 7pm. There is no rotochemist in Portadown after Wednesday. Lurgan residents can collect prescribed medicines on Sunday the 5th of September. The chemist is Campbell's Pharmacy of 11 William Street, open from 11am to 12 noon. 
Next week, from Monday the 6th of September, the chemist is Clear Healthcare of 12 High Street, open until 7pm. There is no rotochemist in Lurgan on Wednesday and none in either town on Saturday. Sunday opening applies in both towns for public holidays. And now some crime stories. Man stabbed during a mass brawl. Four people have been arrested after a mass brawl erupted at a soccer match in Portadown, with one man suffering stab wounds. The fight, which was captured by numerous people on video and shared widely on social media, happened at the People's Park on Sunday afternoon, August the 29th. It is understood a soccer tournament was taking place between a number of foreign nationals when a fight broke out. Eight witnesses spoke of mothers and children fleeing the park as the brawl broke out. Videos showing a large group of men fighting. One also shows a man lying on the ground being attacked by another man. It is understood the soccer pitches were booked from ABC Council by an outside organisation for the event. A spokesperson for the PSNI said, Police have arrested four males following an altercation at a football match in Portadown on Sunday afternoon. At approximately 4.10pm, a report was received that a fight had broken out following a match in the Park Road area of the town. One man, aged 22, sustained a stab wound to his shoulder. Four males, aged 16, 18, 31 and 53, were arrested on suspicion of offences including assault occasioning actual bodily harm. They have since been released on bail, pending further inquiries. Anyone who witnessed the incident is asked to contact police on 101. Independent councillor Darren Cosby described the brawls as deeply alarming. I will be working with the DUP to arrange a special meeting of the council to make sure action on this issue, this issue is taken immediately and robustly. Sinn Féin councillor Paul Duffy also condemned the incident. Councillor Duffy said the soccer tournament had been a positive event, bringing people in the East Timor and Portuguese communities together and encouraging them to engage with the local community. This was a really good event, getting all the communities engaged, but this incident has cast a dark shadow over it, said Councillor Duffy. A council spokesman said, as this is an ongoing police investigation, we're unable to comment at this time. Man arrested after stolen car crashes. A 36-year-old man was arrested after a stolen car was found to have crashed into a hedge in Craigavon last Tuesday, August the 24th. It is understood the car was stolen from commercial premises in Portadown that evening. A 36-year-old man has been arrested on suspicion of aggravated vehicle taking, burglary and a number of driving offences following a single vehicle road traffic collision in the Bluestone Road area of Portadown on Tuesday the 24th of August, said the police. At around 8.30pm on Tuesday, it was reported that a silver Kia Sportage had been taken from a commercial premises in the Carrick Blacker Road area of Portadown. The vehicle was later reported to have collided with a hedge in the Bluestone Road area and has since been recovered. 
Anyone with information is asked to contact police on 101. Day Tripper shocked to learn he was driving at 91 miles per hour. A Lurgan man told Ballymena Magistrates Court he was shocked when pulled over to be told the speed he had been doing while on a day trip with friends in the North Coast area. Oren McIntyre, 20, of Riverglade Manor, was detected during 90, doing 91 miles per hour in a 60 miles per hour zone at Ballyboggy Road, Ballymoney, on June the 9th this year. District Judge Peter McGill said it was a very high speed. The defendant was given three penalty points and fined £500. Four men seen fleeing after a house attack. Four men were spotted running from the scene after a house was attacked in Lurgan, say police. Bricks were thrown through a window at the Kyle Avenue property on two separate occasions this month. Police are appealing for information following two reports of criminal damage to a property on Kyle Avenue, Lurgan, a PSMI spokesperson said. On August the 17th at approximately 11pm, a brick was thrown through the living room window of the address. Further to this, on August the 19th, at the same time, bricks were once again thrown at the windows of this property. Thankfully, nobody was injured. Four males, all wearing dark clothing, were seen running away from the property. As a result of this, the homeowners have been left very shaken. If you have any information which would help with our inquiries, please contact police on 101 and quote serial number 1983-1908-21 or you can use the online reporting form via www.psni police.uk forward slash make a report. Some pictures in the papers. The first showing brother and sister Scott and Courtney Atchison, who each recently graduated from the University of Ulster. Courtney from the Korean campus with a Bachelor of Science with Honours in Consumer Management and Food Innovation. And Scott from Jordanstown with a Bachelor of Science with Honours in Construction Engineering and Management. The siblings are the youngest children of Raymond and Lynn and Atchison. And secondly, James Stafford, son of Paul and Catherine Stafford from Warringstown, who graduated from Queen's University, Belfast, with a PhD in psychology. And now all your sports news read by Brian Morrison. Well, it's that time of the year again, and after two seasons of disrupted fixtures, no spectators, it was back to normal on Friday night last when Mid-Ulster's Big Two contested the opening fixture of this year's Irish League at Shamrock Park. The stadium was well filled and the atmosphere was great as both teams enjoyed their fans in the stadium. The first half was pretty even with Glenavon almost scoring twice and the Shamrock Reds coming near to an opening goal. The second half was honours even, but it was all came to a fantastic finish. On 91 minutes, Paul Finnegan sparked wild celebration within the Shamrock Park crowd by slotting home a close-range finish off Rory Crossgerry's low cross. However, moments later, it was the turn of the away supporters to cheer 
when former Northern Ireland international Michael O'Connor stepped up to curl home a sublime free kick and rescue a point for the visitors. A draw was a fair result and the large crowd went home happy after enjoying football back on the local scene. Portadown's next fixture on Tuesday night was an away game to full-time Crusaders and they lost by 4-0, losing soft goals and making little chances for themselves. Glenavon, they had no midweek game this week as they and their opponents had players away under Northern Ireland under 18 international Euro fixtures. Uh, some scores from of interest for the local people. The early matches, Dungannon Swifts 2, Glentorn 3. And Portadown side, Anna United, they lost 3-2 at home to Ards in, the for, in their first game. Lockall, they defeated Dundala 3-0. Then they travelled to Ards and lost 3-1. Newry City, they drew 3 all with Newington and Knockbreda defeated Anna United 3-1. In the next games, Anna United defeated Ballyclare Comrades 5-1. Lockhall defeated Dergu 2-1 and Newry Town lost 5-1 at home to Institute. And finally the midweek games, Newry City 2, Ards 1, Lockhall 0, Institute 2. Then the draw has been made for this year's Irish League Cup and the local teams involved were Anna United, Devon drawn at home to Ballymena United, Portadowner at home to Newington, Glenavon, they are at home to Port Stewart, and these ties will be played on the 14th of September. And on to cricket. Warringstown captain Lee Nelson hailed the character of his squad after they sealed a 31st top flight title at the weekend. The villagers suffered a heavy defeat in their second match of the season, but have won the next 10 games on the trot. To win the title they last won in 2017. Their success was secured by a 12 run victory over defending champion CIYMS on Saturday, but they had to wait until Sunday when North Down lost to Woodville. Warringstown's squad included overseas players professional Andre Mallon and Graham Hume. They joined the locals. James McCollum, Adam Dennison and Greg Thompson were also signed. Lee Nelson praised the signing of these players. Mullen scored 937 runs at an average of 78 per match. This year, Warrington scored 300 runs in an innings on four occasions and this included a mammoth 420 scored against Carrick Fergus. Some bowls results and the results uh, Whitehead B 62, Lurgan A 82. Lurgan A had a great result at Whitehead with great performances by Rink 1, Ronan Cregan, Alan Briggs, Declan McCabry and Ivor Mitchell. Uh, they started badly but came back strongly to take a lead. The other Rinks were keenly contested, but Rink 2, led by Alan Roberts, won their match by 22 shots to 15. Rink 3, led by John Gilliland,
played some great bowls to win by 33 shots to 9. Lurgan's rink 4 were outplayed and lost by 24 shots to 11. This weekend, Lurgan travelled to Bestbrook for their final game of the season. A win will maintain their position at the top of the league, but second place, uh, Curran have a game in hand and the outcome of the league will depend on Lauren's last result. Donnickstown Football Club On 13 times across 13 seasons, Arlen Moffat took centre stage for Donnickstown Football Club as captain, lifting the silverware on each occasion. As skipper, the 34-year-old centre-half recently stood in the spotlight for the final time after his decision to retire. Moffat's hometown club, Bordedown, made a first appearance at Planters Park for the friendly fixture that served as part of the two clubs' pre-season preparations, but significantly offered fan, fans, friends and family a chance to recognise the effort of a man who was central to Donningstown's progress. Moffat has his medal collection, major Mid-Ulster League honours, the Bob Radcliffe Cup and the Intermediate Cup since joining the club back in 2008. A guard of honour, pre-match presentation and standing ovation as he left the pitch for the final time proved a fitting finale to the career with Donningstown Football Club and although uncomfortable with the fanfare, Moffat said he was blown away with everything in the day and he was particularly honoured by Portadown Football Club agreeing to the match. Friends raised funds during the game and the income was split between the Macmillan Cancer and the club. Dunnickstown Club chairman Hubert Watson heard about the decision and stepped in to organise the occasion, which was really appreciated by all. And finally, have you ever heard of a soccer brawl involving only foreign nationals taking place in Portadown's People's Park? Well, it happened on Sunday last. There was a soccer tournament taking place which had similar matches throughout the province when fighting broke out and the mothers and children in the nearby play park were seen fleeing from the scene. Videos taken by onlookers showed a large crowd group of men fighting. One lying on the ground was attacked by another man. One man was known to have been stabbed and the PSNI arrested four males for the incident and the 22-year-old uh, victim received a stab wound to his shoulder. Local Sinn Féin councillor in the area, Paul Duffy, said the soccer tournament had been a positive event, bringing people in the East Timor and the Portuguese communities together and encouraged them to engage with the local communities. This was a really good event, getting all the commendations enjoyed, but this incident has cast a dark shadow over the final of the tournament, which is to be held this weekend. 
That's all your sports news. And now some local government news. MP repeats calls as voters slow to stake £100 claim. Upper Ban MP Carla Lockhart is among those again urging people to register to vote. This as news emerged that despite the incentive of a £100 shopping card for every adult registered to vote, less than two-thirds had done so. Recent statistics from the Electoral Office showed a 62.77% response rate among those eligible to register. The DUP's Ms Lockhart said, Latest statistics from the Electoral Office show that over one-third of those eligible to register to vote have still not acted to secure their vote in future elections. That is over one-third of people who could potentially be disenfranchised and have no way of helping to shape future elections to councils, Stormont or Westminster. The time to act is now. We all know that in Northern Ireland an election can happen at any time. And my message is, be prepared by registering today. Northern Ireland retail head Glyn Roberts also encouraged people to register to vote, not least to avail of £100 to spend in local shops. The application process for the £100 card opens within the next fortnight and will require a second registration on top of the voting registration the applicant must already have completed. Mr Roberts said, believe it or not, it's as good as it sounds. Every single person aged 18 and over who is registered to vote will get £100 to spend. This was one of the ideas we put to the executive as a way of getting people out shopping, supporting the high street and boosting the economy with a fiscal stimulus. The key challenge for us is encouraging them to use these vouchers to support local independent retailers and hospitality businesses. It is absolutely vital that they go out and do that. 70p in every pound you spend with an independent retailer is recycled around the rest of the economy. Mr Roberts understands that the voucher can be used with retailers of all shapes and sizes. It can be used across the board, he said. The only restrictions are you can't use it online and you can't use it at the bookies. It can be used in bars and restaurants as well as shops. The registration process to vote can be completed at www.gov.uk forward slash register to vote. The application portal for the £100 shopping card will be launched in mid-September via the Northern Ireland Direct website. BT gives poll results a guarded welcome. Upper Ban MLA and UUP leader Doug Beatty has given a guarded welcome to an opinion poll placing the Ulster Unionists ahead of the DUP for the first time in 20 years. Mr Beatty, who succeeded Steve Aiken as party leader in May, said his party's rise of two percentage points would help build towards a more inclusive and positive unionism. However, he also cautioned against getting carried away based on a snapshot-in-time survey outcome, which showed the UUP rising by two percentage points to 16%. It is just a poll, he said. It is a snapshot in time, and we shouldn't take too much from it. But it helps build confidence, and what we need to have is confident, inclusive unionism who are positive in their outlook. This helps with that. 
What it also does for me is it says to people out there who may have lent their votes elsewhere or maybe one of those who didn't have a vision to vote is that they can now look at the Ulster Unionist Party and say, this is a party we can vote for that does have a vision and we like what they are doing. That allows them to stop lending their votes elsewhere and to come back to where they think they belong. The latest, the latest Lucid Talk poll found that only 13% of voters would back the DUP at present, compared to the UUP on 16% and the TUV on 14%. DUP leader Sir Geoffrey Donaldson has called for a more unified approach from unionism to prevent Sinn Féin becoming the largest party at Stormont following the next Assembly election in May 2020. Mr Beatty said, The position of First Minister and Deputy First Minister is a joint office. One cannot succeed without the other. One cannot exist without the other. If one resigns, then the other resigns as well. You can label it whatever way you want, but it is a joint post. We ended up in this position because of the changes that were made by the DUP and Sinn Féin in 2016 at St Andrews. Mr Beatty said the clock needed to be wound back to what was agreed in 1998 and added, I'm interested in saying to people out there that I want Northern Ireland to work. If you want Northern Ireland to work and if we can work together as a people here, then vote for the Ulster Unionist Party. I am striving for the UUP to be the largest party here in Northern Ireland. If other parties want to use fear, they can use fear. We will use positivity and will be confident. And we will look for a future where we can all work together. The TUV's Jim Allister welcomed the poll finding but that put his party ahead of the DUP, but said that the protocol should be the unionist focus. Problems spending a penny in town discussed in council. An Armagh City, Banbridge and Craigavon Borough Council alderman has called for consultation with business owners in Portadown to address an issue around access to public toilets. Raising the issue at council's monthly meeting, alderman Gareth Wilson noted that the recent case of a, a young lady who suffers from a chronic bowel condition who feels she is unable to shop in the town because of a lack of toilet provision. Alderman Wilson also noted the case of another person who had contacted him about a similar problem at a local shopping centre and told the chamber he had already raised these issues with council chief executive Roger Wilson. The chief executive has assured me he will look into this but I remember in December 2019, we were discussing the possibility of a community toilet scheme, said Alderman Wilson. In that scenario, a number of businesses would sign up to the service where certain members of the public could access their toilets, and I feel there is merit in that. Perhaps council could issue those with chronic digestive tract issues some sort of legitimately recognised card. I think there is a major issue here, and I have been contacted by a number of residents in relation to this. SDLP councillor Eamon McNeil said he was in agreement with, with some of what Alderman Wilson had said 
and said people are put off coming into Portadown because of a lack of toilet facilities. Declaring an interest as a member of Portadown 2000's board, Councillor Julie Flaherty reminded the Chamber of the public toilets on William Street and suggested Council erect a sign advertising their location. There are full-time public toilets open in Portadown. They are open from 9 to 5, Monday to Friday, and on Saturday, said Councillor Flaherty. Perhaps a sign might help, because for some reason people don't seem to know they are still there. Councillor Flaherty also questioned if businesses would be that keen with COVID-19 still a very real threat to let people use their toilets. With regards to the scheme, we talked about that at length in committee a few years ago, she said. I would suggest in COVID times, it is even more unlikely that a business, even with the best will in the world, will want to do that. And I think we are on the road to nowhere with that one. Maybe we can get an update on how we did get on with that scheme in environmental services. But I would say we're on a heading to nothing with that at the minute for health, hygiene and public safety reasons. Council's Deputy Chief Executive, Mark Parkinson, explained there had been a major discussion around this potential scheme and said the decision was made not to progress with it any further. It was raised quite a while ago, said Mr Parkinson. The decision was made not to progress with it as the general feeling was not that businesses... The general feeling was that businesses would not want strangers coming in and there were also concerns about the impact it would have on toilets and the shop's existing customer base. There were major discussions around the potential of drug users to use these facilities. There was quite a substantial debate, and I will forward the report to members. In response to this, Alderman Wilson said he would like to see the report and noted from his perspective the proposal seemed to drop off the radar. I would like to think we are a positive and progressive council in terms of trying to bring forward solutions for those who don't have time on their side when they need access to facilities, he said. Have local businesses been consulted? I would like that explored if possible, and I'm sure people who suffer from these chronic conditions would too. Welcome for new mental health crisis service. A new regional mental health crisis service for Northern Ireland has been welcomed by Upper Ban MLA Dolores Kelly. Mrs Kelly was speaking after Health Minister Robin Swan announced the service as part of the new Mental Health Action Plan. It is hoped the new service will reduce the number of people who attend emergency departments in crisis and also reduce the number of people who have to wait longer than two hours for crisis support. The SDLP MLA said, I'm delighted that a new mental health crisis service has been announced to help tackle the North's mental health crisis. I am glad that work has begun on the commitments from long overdue mental health action plan. This service will make a real difference to people here suffering from poor mental health. When in crisis, they will now have somewhere dedicated to turn rather than being shuttled between different services as our overworked and underfunded health service decides the best way to treat them. No longer will people in the midst of a mental health crisis be asked to spend hours waiting in a hospital emergency department. They will now have specifically trained staff who can get them the care they need. This service will also help reduce the pressure on our existing health service, who are often ill-equipped through no fault of their own 
to dealing with people in mental health crisis. In addition, it will help our existing mental health services, which are dealing with unprecedented demand during the coronavirus pandemic. Working with the SDLP colleagues, I have, a long, I have long campaigned for a dedicated service for people in crisis, and it is heartening that we are beginning to make much needed progress. All too often, we have heard tragic stories about patients who felt they had nowhere to turn, and this new service should also help tackle issues around suicide prevention. While the Minister's plan is admirable, we need to ensure that it is properly resourced and seen through to completion. I will be keenly following work on the implementation plan for this new service and look forward to seeing these plans becoming a reality. Life rings damaged or stolen across ABC. Lives are at risk because vandals are tampering with and removing life-saving rings across Armagh, Banbridge and Craigavon. The Council has warned that this could have potentially fatal consequences. Over the past few months, life rings have been tampered with and thrown into the river at Solitude Park in Banbridge, in Guildford and other areas across Council. With the life ring costing on average £50 plus additional installation costs, council ratepayers are having to spend vital funds replacing the safety devices every year due to the reckless actions of a few. Lord Mayor Glen Barr said, Council is committed to water safety at all ABC waterways and locations. Vandals who recklessly tamper with life rings are putting people at risk and could lead to lives being lost. As the name suggests, these life rings are there to save lives. Sinn Féin's Nelson welcomes maternity restrictions review commitment. Sinn Féin councillor Catherine Nelson has welcomed a commitment to review maternity services restrictions and has again urged the health department to allow birthing partners to remain from admission through to birth. I want to firstly thank Minister Robin Swan for taking the time to acknowledge and respond to these concerns and for his commitment to review the situation, she said. I have contacted him in light of the pending review, encouraging the department to allow birthing partners to remain from admission to birth. Sending the birthing partner out an hour after admission until active labour poses a much greater risk of COVID transmission, not to mention the traumatic impact this has on those involved. The public are urged to get involved in cancer strategy consultation. The public should make their voice heard as consultation starts on a new 10-year cancer strategy for Northern Ireland, says the DUP. Ulster Ban MP Carla Lockhart said, while the care and expertise of our cancer care medical professionals is truly world-class, it is important that the department provides the strategic framework and the resources to both stem the increasing prevalence of cancer in our community, but also to ensure those requiring diagnosis and treatment get the best chance of surviving cancer. The consultation issued this week allows the public to have their say on the future of cancer care. This is an important step. Further to this, 
we need to then see adequate financial resources directed to this area of health care. Buckley urges public to join MOT consultation. Upper Ban MLA and Infrastructure Committee Chairman Jonathan Buckley has encouraged the public to join in a departmental consultation on the potential introduction of biennial MOT testing. I am pleased, said the DUP's Mr Buckley, that the Infrastructure Minister has taken the initiative to launch a consultation to seek views that will inform a decision on the potential introduction of biennial, every two years, MOT testing to Northern Ireland. I welcome this review of the frequency and framework for vehicle testing to ensure it is based on strong evidence and reflective of new technological developments. This is an opportunity for the public to get involved and voice their opinion on a significant potential change to the current testing procedures. Reducing the frequency of tests might ease operational pressures in the longer term, but this must not distract or deflect from the need for immediate and targeted investment to deal with the current crisis facing vehicle testing. Almost 800,000 fewer MOTs were carried out in Northern Ireland in 2021 compared to the previous year. The Minister previously gave an undertaking to ensure full testing resumed from the 26th of July and we await the next round of figures to see if that pledge has been honoured. New Rural Planning Guidance Restrictive New planning guidance could create more restrictions on rural building, says the DUP. It follows a planning advice note, PAN, from the Infrastructure Minister Nicola Mallon to all local councils in Northern Ireland. MLA William Irwin said it would be a backward step for farming families. The Newry and Armagh MLA said he had spoken to architects and farmers locally who feel that the PAN for building in the countryside would be detrimental in the longer term. When the original guidance came out on buildings in the countryside, whereby a farmer could have a site considered for approval as a dwelling on a farm once in 10 years, and it was cited to cluster with existing buildings on the farm, this brought both opportunity and also its own restrictive issues. In many cases, there was a difficulty in securing a mortgage as the house was being placed close to the farm structures or it was a shared access entrance. He added, there have also been issues for farmers who wish to have a house on an out farm where there were no established clusters of buildings, yet that person wanted to live on the farmland and establish farm buildings, such in the case of a new entrant. This was also fraught with difficulty. There have also been many situations where the siting of a house to cluster with existing buildings on the farm was a very prominent location and a better site existed a short distance away which would have integrated into the countryside much more suitably. However, in these circumstances the argument hasn't been accepted. This is where the policy needs to be more realistic and planners handed a little leeway. This latest advice note from the Minister appears to be a shot across planning officers' bows. I don't feel this is a positive step forward, and instead it creates yet more problems. 
DUP attend Memorial at Narrow Water. A trio of DUP politicians attended a memorial service at Narrow Water in Warren Point in memory of the 18th British soldiers murdered in 1979. Newry and Armagh MLA William Irwin and councillors Gareth Wilson and Lavelle McElrath attended the service for the soldiers who died when the IRA exploded two concealed bombs on August the 27th. Mr Irwin said, This was a very solemn act of remembrance organised by FAIR on behalf of the families of the brave British soldiers who were so cruelly cut down by the IRA as a result of two concealed bombs deliberately planted and planned to cause as much devastation as possible. The memory of the soldiers who were murdered on that day lives on and the terrorist incident itself was one of the darkest and worst IRA atrocities of the Troubles. My thoughts and sympathies continue to be with the grieving families of the soldiers who died and of course, despite the passage of time, that loss and grief remains. On that same day, the IRA also carried out the attack on Lord Mountbatten which was an equally hideous, murderous act. The impact of the troubles and the atrocities carried out by the IRA affected so many lives, and this special memorial service is important in ensuring the memory of those so cruelly cut down are not forgotten or airbrushed from history by those who would seek to sanitise the murderous exploits of the IRA. We will remember them. Sinn Féin, the highest spending party in 2020. Sinn Féin had the highest expenditure of any political party in Northern Ireland last year, financial accounts have revealed. The accounts, the accounts published by the Electoral Commission show the party had income of £801,145 and expenditure of £1,338,666 for 2020. The next highest spending party was the DUP, which had income of £340,656 and expenditure of £338,541. The Alliance Party had income of £282,958 and expenditure of £241,578 while the UUP spent £239,038 with an income of £317,900 and the SDLP brought in £206,736 with an expenditure of £162,177. In total, 30 parties in Northern Ireland reported £2 million £237,841 of income and £2,569,735 of expenditure. This compares with accounts for 2019 in which 28 parties reported £4,275,093 of income and £3,312,540 of expenditure. 
ABC Council is failing residents over paramilitary murals, according to Alliance councillors, who say their proposed plan to tackle the issue was watered down after a jaw-dropping amendment won majority support. Backing Ulster Unionist councillor Louise McKinstry's amended proposal, Sinn Féin's councillor Liam Mackell branded the original motion ill-conceived and naive and accused Alliance of being disconnected from working-class communities and the reality of life. Off the back of concerns arising from the recent erection of paramilitary symbols on the site of a housing executive property in Lurgan's Mournview area, Alliance's councillor, Peter Lavery, seconded by party colleague, councillor Yoan Tennyson, proposed the council set up a working group of councillors and public agencies with the aim of removing all illegally erected paramilitary facades, uh, memorials and murals in the borough. Their plans would have included consulting local residents about possible replacements. The UUP's councillor McKinstry, however, proposed an amendment whereby the council, rather than set up a working group, would instead call on the Northern Ireland Executive to publish the report from the Commission on Flags, Identity, Culture and Tradition, on which all five main parties were represented and which is currently with the Executive Office at Stormont. Her amendment, which won majority backing, also allowed the Council to seek input from the Justice Minister, who heads the Political Action Group as part of the Executive's programme for tackling paramilitarianism. Criminality and organised crime. We do not see merit in the Council going off on its own, she said, when FICT has already examined these issues in some detail and held several public consultations events across Northern Ireland and the Justice Minister is already chairing a forum which is designed to tackle paramilitary and criminal activity. Our amendment is aimed at delivering results and improving life and the level of support it received from all other parties, with the exception of Alliance, indicates we are on the right track. Mr Lavery said his complaints to various statutory agencies calling for the removal of illegal and threatening facades, monuments and murals used by paramilitary groups to try and mark territory and intimidate local communities had borne no fruit and the council too was falling short. The response I get back, he said, is either it's not that agency's problem or an agreement that, yes, they should be removed, but they say they lack the legislation or political cover to do so. ABC Council is also failing residents on this issue, as under planning enforcement legislation, Council can act to have any illegally erected facade or monument removed. Now some deaths in the community. William Calvert, Billy, 29th of August 2021, peacefully at Craigavon Area Hospital, late of 8 Riverside Portadown, 
beloved husband of the late Pearl, loving father of Paul, Jennifer, Angela and Jessica, father-in-law of Joanna, Peter and Andrew, and devoted grandfather to Justin, Heather, Louise, Ruth, Jill, Peter, David, Beth and Charis. Funeral service took place on Wednesday the 1st September 2021 in First Presbyterian Church Portadown, followed by burial at New Mills Presbyterian Churchyard. David Gracie, 27th of August 2021, peacefully at Craigavon Area Hospital, late of Drumcree Grove, Portadown, beloved husband of the late Margaret, loving father of Karen and David, father-in-law of Carol, darling granddad of Sarah, James and Lauren, interred in Kernan Cemetery on Sunday the 29th of August 2021. Eileen Redman, peacefully at home, Valley Lodge, Rich Hill. Beloved and devoted wife of Peter, treasured mother of Geddes and Ross, mother-in-law of Hannah and Rihanna, also a dearest granny of Ruby and a treasured sister of Ronnie and sister-in-law of Anne. A private funeral service has taken place on Sunday past with committal following in Orchard Cemetery. Audrey Rogers, 25th of August 2021, peacefully at hospital, beloved wife of Earl, 4 Corbracky Road, Portadown, interred in Sego Cemetery on Saturday the 28th of August. Now we have information and events. Gospel Mission at Mahan Road. Turkington's Yard on the Mahan Road will play host to a drive-in gospel mission. The Porterdown Drive-In Gospel Mission takes place from September uh, the 5th to the 10th. It runs on Sunday at 8.30pm and weeknights at 8pm. Various speakers, singers and testimonies will feature on each night. All will be made very welcome. Orange Order Remembers. Porterdown District LOL 1 will hold a short parade and wreath laying at the town War Memorial this Sunday, September the 5th, to mark Orange Victims Day. This is when the 339 members of the institution that were murdered during the Troubles are remembered. The parade will leave Carlton Street at 3 p.m. Tractor run planned. A tractor run is to be held at Ban Food, Derry Trasna and surrounding area on Saturday, September the 4th in aid of Marie Curie. Organised by James Coleman, the event is open to all vintage and modern tractors. Registration is at Banfoot from 1pm. Roll out at 2pm. Returning to Banfoot where refreshments will be served, cost is £10 per tractor. All government guidelines surrounding COVID-19 will be adhered to on the day. And now some general news. Public inquiry around urology services in the Southern Trust to start. An inquiry into the circumstances surrounding urology service in the Southern Health Trust is to start next week. The inquiry was sparked when concerns were raised regarding the work of a former consultant urologist, Mr Aidan O'Brien. 
Patient records were recalled last year and in November, Health Minister Robin Swan announced a public inquiry would take place. The inquiry will not be looking directly at the clinical practice of Mr O'Brien, which is currently under investigation by the General Medical Council. Rather, it will focus on the trust's handling of complaints and clinical aspects of cases deemed serious adverse incidents. The chairman of the inquiry will be Christine Smith QC, the first woman to chair a public inquiry in Northern Ireland. Expert Dr Sonia Swart has been appointed as an inquiry panel member and Damien Hanbury as an inquiry assessor. The inquiry, which will be independent and not accountable to any public body, will review the Southern Trust's handling of relevant complaints or concerns prior to May 2020 and determine whether there were any related concerns which should have alerted the Southern Trust to instigate an earlier and more thorough investigation. The inquiry is to examine and report on any other matters which the chairman considers arise in connection with its investigations. Health Minister Robin Swan said, The urology patients and families affected remain in my thoughts as the inquiry embarks on its statutory responsibilities and I would like to again acknowledge the upset, distress and anxiety these matters have caused. Patients and families affected and who have concerns are encouraged to avail of, of the support which the Southern Trust has made available, including the Family Liaison Service and related support services. Now, a statement from the Chair of Public Inquiry into the Urology Service. The Chair of the Public Inquiry into Urology Services in the Southern Trust said she would like to hear from witnesses as soon as possible. Christine Smith, QC, said she is honoured to have been asked by Health Minister Robin Swan to chair the inquiry, which opens next week. I am delighted to be able to work with Dr. Dr. Sonia Swart as the inquiry panel member and Mr. Damien Hanbury as the expert urology assessor. Since Minister Swan announced my appointment in March, work has been ongoing to appoint the inquiry team, find suitable premises and to settle the terms of reference for the inquiry. I am acutely conscious that while the inquiry is tasked with looking at issues of, of systems and governance, there are a number of former patients of Mr O'Brien and their families who have been impacted by the care that they received and who are deeply interested in the inquiry's work. In keeping with other public inquiries conducted in Northern Ireland in recent years, I am determined that our work will be transparent and open. JJ inspires Dad's walk for hospice funding. JJ Doran's parents were told he might not survive after a complicated birth, but three years later he has inspired his father and 25 friends to carry out a mammoth charity walk. Men from Ballyhagen, Portadown, Lurgan and JJ's native Tullylish are among those taking part in a 100-mile walk from Croke Park Park in aid of the Northern Ireland Hospice this Friday, September the 3rd. Plus, country music legend Daniel O'Donnell has got behind the charity walk with an inspiring video shared to the team online. They have already raised around 25,000 so far for the Northern Ireland Hospice. It has been a challenging three and a half years for little JJ, who has cerebral palsy and life-limiting disabilities caused by a complicated birth. JJ needs 24-hour care 
for all his personal and medical needs. JJ's brain injuries were severe and as a result, he is not able to walk or talk and will never have the life we would have hoped for him. But he is a joy and amazes us every day with his strength and resilience. Vincent has nothing but praise for the sterling work of the Northern Ireland Hospice in helping him and his wife learn to look after JJ when he come home from hospital. He said coming to terms with what has happened to JJ has been difficult and it's a very steep learning curve when your child has complex medical needs but Northern Ireland Children's Hospice have been by our side from the start. Along with our commu uh, amazing community nursing team, the hospice provided a light in the dark when we really needed it. The family support and family events held by the hospice gave us a chance to meet families on a similar journey and we have met some amazing people. The hospice's respite facility, Horizon House, has been hugely significant for us as a family. Caring for a child with complex medical needs can be challenging and it means so much to be able to take a short break knowing that JJ is safe and being so well cared for in a place he knows. The challenge we have set ourselves is to walk the 100 miles from Croke Park, the home of Gaelic Games, to the home of Tully Lish GAA, Vincent and JJ's club, over three days. They will be leaving Croke Park on Friday, September the 3rd finishing on Sunday, September the 5th at Tully Lish GAC. Vincent said we are going to take a longer, more scenic route along the east coast to avail of quieter roads and find out how successful our training has been. We want to raise as much as possible. So everyone that takes part is being asked to raise 250 in sponsorship. Just £37.25 pence could pay for an hour of specialist palliative nursing care for a child with a progressive or genetic condition. £74.50 could pay for two hours of support for a family whose child has been diagnosed with a life-limiting condition and a donation of £279.86 could pay for a day of specialist nursing support for children and their family in their own home. All the money raised from JJ's walk will go to help the Northern Ireland Children's Hospice continue to provide much-needed specialist care to local children and their families living with life-limiting or life-threatening illnesses. Emergency department thronged as COVID cases cause bed pressures. The emergency department at Craigavonary Hospital has experienced significant pressures this week with long delays for those attending. On Wednesday lunchtime, there were 34 people in the emergency department waiting for admission to a ward. The Southern Health Trust urged people to attend their GP or their out-of-hours doctor and only attend the emergency department if it is urgent. A spokesperson for the Trust said, the emergency department continues to experience high volume of attendances and long waiting time for patients. We currently have 34 patients waiting on a bed on a ward. It follows online alerts from the Southern Trust on Sunday and Bank Holiday Monday with extremely long delays for patients at the emergency department. On Sunday, the Trust revealed that there were more than 100 patients in the emergency department with more than 45 patients waiting to be allocated a bed on one of the hospital wards. A spokesman for the Southern Trust said on Sunday, 
Craigavon Emergency Department is really busy with 100 people in ED and more than 45 people waiting to be admitted. Expect extremely long waiting times. COVID-19 is adding significantly to bed pressures and unlikely to improve soon. On Monday, a spokesman for the Trust said, expect extremely long waiting times as COVID-19 continues to be very, uh, make a very significant impact on bed pressures. Concerns have been raised about the pressures on emergency department in late summer when it is experiencing pressures normally associated with midwinter. Brewing and <coughs> distillery tradition to be restored. Lurgan is to have its own brewery and its first distillery in 184 years, thanks to fresh investment topping two million. Based at Silverwood Business Park, Spade Town Brewery will open in October and the group of locals behind the venture, led by Lurgan native Vernon Fox, plan to create a distillery in town, its first since 1837. Branded as Loch Ney Distillers, it is expected to open in 2022. The Spade Town Brewery and Loch Ney Distillers brands have been in existence since 2018, but new investment has led to a relaunch of the companies and new plans to invest in the dedicated facilities. Vernon and his associates want to rekindle the area's long history with brewing and distilling and help reinvigorate the town. The initial planned investment of more than £2 million is expected to create around 55 jobs by 2023. Involved in the drinks industry for almost 30 years, Vernon has backing from local business people, including Patrick Makaliski, who founded and built Novosco, one of Northern Ireland's major business success stories. I have long wanted to open a brewery and distillery in Lurgan, said Vernon, drawing on the centuries of tradition, given that Lurgan was home to one of the island's largest distilleries, Greer's Distillery, until it burnt down in 1837. We want to rekindle, Lur we want to rekindle Lurgan's deep history um, and the history of brewing on the southern shores of Loch Ney. We want to build brands and products that will connect with customers locally and around the world, leading to job creation, further investment in Lurgan and more visitors to the local area. Our philosophy is to do things in the right way, building a great business culture and brilliant environment for our team to work in, having the best equipment and processes to produce fantastic products and doing things sustainably. As part of this, the brewery and distillery will become entirely carbon neutral. The new brewery is based in a dedicated 5,000 square foot unit with a state-of-the-art automated brewing system and currently houses six 2,700 litre Brewix fermenters, giving capacity for over 500,000 litres of beer per annum. The company plans to brew a range of beers, including lagers, IPAs and special edition beers. They are expected to go on sale through the on and off trade once the brewery officially opens in October. Covid boosters and flu jabs for the vulnerable could start this month. A coronavirus vaccine booster programme targeting the elderly and most vulnerable in Northern Ireland could begin as soon as this month, a doctor's representative has said. 
Dr Tom Black, who chairs the British Medical Association in Northern Ireland, said medics were hoping to get this year's flu vaccine and coronavirus booster vaccine rollouts started in September. He also revealed doctors feared a big outbreak of flu this winter could be coupled with another surge in coronavirus infections, along with other respiratory illnesses that often circulate in winter. Dr Black said there were a lot of unknowns with the flu this year, with coronavirus lockdowns around the world having driven usual influenza infection rates down. I think the big focus for the health service now in terms of vaccinations will be to get the boosters done for the clinically vulnerable and the elderly going into winter. Free hearing aid support service returning to Lurgan next week. The free support service to help people with their hearing aids returns to Lurgan next week. The next session is taking place on Thursday, September the 9th from 11am to 1pm. It will be held at the Jethro Centre at 6 Flush Place, Lurgan. The service is provided by the Royal National Institute for Deaf People. We can provide new batteries, cleaning and retubing of ear moulds for NHS hearing aids. It will be a drop-off and pick-up service with social distancing in place. Hearing aids must be placed in a labelled envelope with name and contact details. They will be collected at the entrance and brought inside for maintenance. Users can wait in their car or return later to collect hearing aids. Hearing aids can be dropped off by friends or family members. The support sessions in Lurgan take place every other month. Following the session next Thursday, another session will be held on Thursday, November the 11th. If you would like more information, you can call uh, 074-0773-2106 or email carolyn.ritchie at rnid. We have now come to the end of our recording for this week. If you are a member of a church or other organisation which invites guest speakers, please keep us in mind. Contact details are in our website, www.atnni.org.uk or email catnatn at yahoo.co.uk or put a note in your wallet. Our thanks to the team of volunteers who edited and recorded this week and to Mackles for collecting the Portadown Times and Lurgan Mail for us and to Presbyterian Church for the use of the studio. Editing the news this week were Ken, William and Carol. Our technician was Andrew and reading with me this week was Ken. From the newsroom at the Old Man's, this is Carol signing off. Thank you for spending time with us. All our good wishes for the week ahead. Our team will be back with you in four weeks' time. Please remember to return your wallet. Sound News is a Craigavon Talking Newspaper production. <laughs>